a Lifetime original podcast. If you were going to prove your love to me, I would need you to like scrub my heels to make them like smooth like a baby. Soft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Megan, you've thought about this. I haven't. Okay, just... Megan knew she was giving us bare no, feet on flower petals and then you need to pumice stone her heels. I love a Lifetime movie. It's called The Way Down, Not The Way Up. Her blood type is Velveeta. Well, if you're getting, if you're putting people away, let's keep it going. Like, like, let's round them all up. And so I gronk spiked his laptop, and then I said I was calling the police on him. What in hell yeah, that's karma, girl. And she slurps him up with her little crucifix straw. Bethlehem, put down the Bethlehem. <laughs> Maybe that emptiness you used to feel was for something completely different. Oh, right. Because I want to be God. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's just become too much for me. I've been holding my tongue about this for too long. I'm done with it, with all of it. Oh, really? Well, maybe that's all for the best. I mean, you've always been a good 30 pounds off message, and I don't need that from my husband. Right? Well, that's interesting. I wonder what it is you do want in a husband. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am one of your hosts, Naomi Ekaparagan, here with the phrase that pays, Megan Gailey. Now, Megan, can we talk about a great honor you received? Wow. Oh, yeah. This this came down the pipeline yesterday. And, you know, it's award yeah. season. People are being nominated for Academy Awards, Golden Globes. Not me. I was alerted a man on Twitter uh, tweeted to me and he said, I am the first yes. result that comes up in Giphy when you search white woman. Can you believe? Can you believe? <laughs> Some people would be embarrassed. I said, this is my greatest honor. Highest. <laughs> this is. Oh, my this gosh. Is this is on par with uh, with Megan Gailey, Pretty in Pink. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's huge. I think it's like, talk about branding, talk about becoming iconic, right? To be, to be, you know, yeah. Google search white woman. Giphy gives us Megan Gailey with the touch of, I believe the caption is, my husband's Filipino and I'm Megan. Yes. I said, yes. this is it. <laughs> this is it. This is all of it. This is all we've ever wanted. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. I also, I just was pulling, so I have on a gray sweatshirt, mm -hmm. very, like, lifetime star in prison, <laughs> and I just pulled my hair back. Don't I look like, like, it looks like we're meeting, you're my defense attorney, and I'm like, I didn't do it. Like, I look very orange as the new black right now. Oh, my God. So you are Skyping into your sentencing hearing. You're like, I didn't do it, and they're like, 10 Absolutely. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're both against plain walls. Well, great news. This is going to be the last day of Plain Wall. I have my dog, Ben. He's coming over 2 p.m. today. <laughs> he's hanging my gallery wall behind me. Wow. 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 That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. You're getting it together. I'm, it's really exciting. The nanny helped me lay out where everything's going to go. Conrad was napping and I go, listen, I need some design help. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, she's full service. <laughs> 
Oh my God. Are you still in your bedroom? Okay, so I'm no longer in quarantine. I'm not in isolation, but I am back here now because Andy was like, I got shit to do. I can't have you in the common space. And I was like, fair, fair, fair. So. And he doesn't. He doesn't want to hear tidbits about Gwen Shamblin's life. <laughs> I don't know why. He didn't appreciate it when I watched uh, the documentary either. I said, look at this woman. How could you not follow her to the ends of the earth? <laughs> what What was his take? He said, this is nuts. <laughs> Basically, him also just being like, why would she look like that by choice is what he wanted to know. I know. I. I mean, I think that's question number one. Yeah, it was, um, as we are tiptoeing around, today's movie is Gwen Shamlin Starving for Salvation. Mm. Now, this is a new Lifetime joint starring the one and only Jennifer Grey of Dirty Dancing fame. She got a new nose. She still got the acting chops, though. (laughs) So Gwen Shamlin rose to power as head of the Southern Megachurch Remnant Fellowship and the Wave Down Workshop. As the church grew, so did her grip as its iron-fisted leader, hoarding money, power, and influence. And as Naomi mentioned, there is a documentary on HBO. We both have seen it. I'm sure you've seen at least the promos for it. It's the woman with the hair as tall as the ceiling. And the movie starts with the on-screen text. This film is based Mm. on a true story. Some characters are composites, and certain other characters and events have been fictionalized for the purposes of dramatization. Any fictionalization is entirely for dramatic purposes and not intended to reflect on any actual character or history. And with that, we gotta get into it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So we open on that disclaimer, and then we open on footage from some sort of deposition. And Gwen, played by Jennifer Grey, is being questioned about her church recommending disciplinary action against its members' children. Regarding the matter at hand, have you ever instructed your parishioners in how they should discipline their children? No. And you know, we're seeing Gwen, in this this video of Gwen, this is Gwen at her height, where her hair is Mm -hmm. at its height. Okay, so Mm -hmm. she's standing there. She's trying to look so serious. And what's very funny to me, it's so hard to take anything seriously because with her hair, it makes me laugh. Like, I'm laughing every single time. So she's being deposed and she's, like, vehemently denying that she's ever told anyone to beat their children. And I cannot stop laughing. Isn't that terrible? Yeah, and it's wild that, like, there was a a Real Housewife who was going to court and has now since been sentenced to six and a half years. And she said on Real Housewives that her lawyer was like, hey, can you lay off getting Botox for a while? We need your face to be able to emote. (laughs) Um, So you look like you care about ripping off old people. And And I'm shocked that Gwen's lawyers weren't like, Hey, what if we did like a hat? A low pony. Just a low pony something. Yeah. 
Could we bring it down a little bit? Your hair is reading guilty. (laughs) And I don't know how, like it's not, but it's just like, you see that hair and you go, I'm sure you said deranged things. Right, right. (laughs) Absolutely. So this is the woman who we all know, the Gwen Shamblin who we're seeing. But before that, you know what we do in this movie? Because you know how Lifetime does. They like to give you a big whammy and then they take you back to how it happened. Cut to a suburban home, 1991. And we're seeing, it's a Ooh. modest home, you know, right? Like, you know, it's, we're not getting mansion. It is, it is just a cute little suburban home. And we see Gwen with normally high blonde hair, okay? It's just regular hair on her head. It's not reaching for Jesus. And she stands on the scale and she makes a face and she calls herself a pig. And oh. it is just petite, slim Jennifer Grey. Much like the real-life Gwen Shamblin, petite and slim. And she's gained four pounds, and she's talking to her husband, David, and she's like, how can I be a nutrition teacher if I can't keep my own weight off? And her husband, David, you know, he is a sweet, homely man. Clearly not interested in this conversation, but he's very nice about it anyway. You know I love a sweet, homely yeah. man. He's got his little glasses. Yeah, yeah. He's He works in the church. He's like a preacher, but he's also giving you science teacher energy. Yeah, he has... He has a degree in divinity. Mm-hmm. And that actually ends up being like, well, I guess she went to school for it. You know, like <laughs> you're not just like a, a, a kook roaming the streets, screaming Bible verses as people as they try and go into a Sephora. <laughs> so <laughs> you you get the sense, too, this is probably a conversation that happens all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we cut to the post-church meal. And a lot of times it's donuts. Sometimes it's some sort of breakfast thing. At this at this church, it's like fried chicken, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes. The mac and cheese looked so good to me. I love no. a really creamy one. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, that's white of you. That's white of you. Because no, I I, when I, I like tell you that mac and cheese looked like soup, y'all, it yeah. was soupy mac and cheese. And then Megan yes. says, am I crazy or did that look good? You're crazy. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. I Absolutely not. So you prefer more of a baked mac and cheese? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where and and that's where our you know we go in separate directions. That's where <laughs> our friendship veers off. There is a gal who we're introduced to, Emily, and she said that her doctor just told her her blood type is Velveeta, and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and Gwen's like, he can't say that to you, <laughs> and she's like, he's funny. And this is the thing that's interesting, you know, about this movie, right? And certainly because again, right. It's a Lifetime film. It's television. We're dealing with actresses. So it's this tricky thing where the women represented are meant to be overweight, but they're all like, you know, a size eight, right? But like Emily wasn't fat to me. Emily looked like a regular person, but in the world of the way down, Gwen Shamblin's like, you gotta drop some LBs. Yeah, I think Emily is gorgeous. And we all know regular women who are thin, who are like, ugh. I'm yeah. too big. Yeah, like yeah, when, yeah. When, when Gwen called herself a pig, I think pig is actually the worst word you can call a woman. Like, mm-hmm. worse than the C word. Like, mm-hmm. if someone called me a pig. Yeah. And it, and, it, and it's not just food or size. It's just, I. and the thing is, I love pigs. I love piglets. <laughs> I'm not even anti-pig. I think pigs are so cute. So it's not about that. It's just like, ugh, it packs a punch that's like visceral. I will say this too, like kind of leading into the movie, maybe we should have set it up top. I will say trigger warning. If you have issues around food and disordered eating, this movie is triggering. This person, Gwen Uh Shamblin, is triggering. This is hard. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, as you said, that feeling of 
I couldn't imagine what it would be to be part of a group that told you, you know, if you weren't skinny, like literally I'm talking skinny, you're you evil. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like, I, it's like I, I don't think I could, I don't think I could like function. And you see the difficulty, like, you know, basically Gwen, the whole thing is, you know, she's denying herself all the food basically at the church meal, but then she's watching everybody else digging into fried chicken. And I like, for some reason that really, that moment, it wasn't even, it wasn't even shot or played very dramatically, but it hit me in a very dramatic way. Like that feeling, I know that feeling of wanting to eat and then telling myself I shouldn't. And then, you know what I mean? Like just knowing where you're at that headspace. And I'm like, Oh God, this woman is not well. This is a very bad headspace. And I also feel like when she's looking around, there's an air of judgment, too. Like, mm. she's looking at people's bodies and, like, wa- even watching her own husband, like, chomp into the fried chicken. And it it happens on in news a lot. And I think people have jokes about this where it's like, you know, when they show, like, a person from just, like, the waist down and they're like, obesity climbs in America. And it's like, that's a – who – that. Who is that person that's right. so rude to do to them? And, and you're not showing their face, but you're showing their body in a news story that is exploitative of, I don't know. It just... it's Well, to me, it's also actually worse to just show their body because here's the other thing too, right? You're separating that person's body from who they are. What if I saw the face of that person, they were smiling and loving life? What if they were making out with somebody? What if they were having a hilarious conversation with a girlfriend? You've taken away who the person is and you're just zooming in on like their stomach. And it's like, F- you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did, did you ever see, it was true life, I'm fat. And there was, uh, and it may have even been like, I'm fat and like it or I'm fat and loving it because it was people that were like, yes, this is my body and I like it. There was one woman she carried ranch in her purse. Icon. <laughs> um, there was there was another woman who had like started like a fat group at her college to be like, we are good with our bodies. Icon. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. Just like let everybody be. And I say that as someone who is not even letting myself be. I know, girl, who you telling? You know, I got a wedding dress to try to fit into. And I find myself, it's even though really I really and like yeah. when I went to try on dresses and it's funny because, again, I'm not somebody who crash diets. I I've I've done two cleanses in the last year, and both times I felt so miserable. I said never again. Uh-huh. But I remember when I was trying on dresses, the women, like one woman at one store, she goes, "So are you going to try to lose weight for the dress?" <gasps> and she, and but when I tell you, Megan, she didn't even say. I didn't even feel shade. Meaning, sure, maybe she thought I was fat, but it felt like it was a question she asks all the time. It's so common. Yes, yes. It, like, I have a joke about it. She was just like, "Are you?" And I said, and I just literally said, I go, I go, no. But the fact that we're like in this world where it's like, it's assumed. Okay. So what are you going to do to make yourself look better? For your wedding. For yeah. Your wedding. Yeah. That I was like, and I can feel like that insidiousness, like in it's, it's happening to me too. Cause here we are like six weeks out and I'm like, well, maybe I should try something. Maybe I should run every day. Maybe I should whatever. And then I'm like, Naomi, that's not what you do. You're not going to like it. You're going to be miserable the whole time. And I was just like, I was like, think it through. Yeah, I was a bad, I was in such a bad mood. I was so hungry because I wasn't drinking. I wasn't like eating as much as I wanted to be. And I was a bitch. I, I rock spiked my husband's laptop because I was hungry. Okay. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Why did you spike his laptop? I mean, you were hungry, but what started it? We were in a fight about ordering pies for the <laughs> rehearsal dinner. And I'm like, 
you had one job, you know, like, yeah. you order the damn pies. And he did it. And so I gronk spiked his laptop. And then I said I was calling the police on him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do you see now why she's the number one giffy result when you search white women? Do you <sighs> see? That's how you earn that. That's how you earn that. We gotta eat. We gotta <laughs> eat. So Gwen, after not eating the fried chicken, which did look good, at yeah. the post-church meal, is it's the middle of the night. She goes to her fridge, pulls out like a gorgeous piece of chocolate cake, sits down <laughs> and eats it. Now, I'm an eater. I'm not a middle-of-the-night eater. Like, yeah, no. Cut to this. I'm like, oh, I'm a sleeper. I'm a sleep. <laughs> I'm not sleepwalking. We are not locking the fridge. Like, I'm asleep. I'll eat right before bed and I'll eat right when I get up. But my sleep is my sleep. <laughs> and then she feels so much shame that she starts praying. Literally drops to her knees. Like, she's like, yes. she pushes the plate away, drops to her knees, and is like, God, remove my emptiness. Okay, this is where she's at. She's hitting her, mm -hmm. this is her quote unquote bottom. And the next day, she tells her husband, she's basically had an epiphany, an a, a religious awakening that the prayer took away her emptiness. She had a spiritual feeling. She was trying to fill it with food, but she was able to fill it with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, my client, Melanie, she says she can't stop eating because she feels like she's always starving. And she is starving, just not for food. David, all I had to do was pray to God and ask him to fill that empty space that I would have filled with food, and he did it. She's very happy. She's very happy. And then we see that woman, Emily, you know, who's who made the Velveeta joke. She comes up to Gwen later after church and is like, oh my God, I did what you did, and I've lost four pounds, and I feel better. So now we're starting to see, okay, Gwen is obviously telling people about this. It's working on Emily. And then she's, and then Gwen's like, you want to help me put signs up around the community? And there's signs that say, pray away the pounds. All right. And in this moment, I really felt like, I said, Emily is giving me like Melanie Linsky understudy energy. All right. You know that actress from Yellow Jackets? Yes. That's and who I, yeah, Candy. I love her. That to me, she's that person. Uh -huh. She's a really, I'm really liking this actress. She is that like, she's basically Gwen's lieutenant, her right, yes. her right hand woman. She's I'm in. And so she's the one who's like, yes, we got to do this. We got to make this a thing. So they hang up the signs and then they start a group. And the group initially meets in Gwen's garage. Mm -hmm. And it's- Which Gwen, I thought was a cleaning closet. I thought it was a cleaning oh closet initially. So I was she, like, where are we? This looks like- <laughs> A it's a one-car garage. Okay. Yeah. So she like readies herself, you know, as she is about to go on stage and then she walks into her one-car garage and there's a smattering of people there. Smattering, like yeah. Six. Four. <laughs> and yeah. And she opens it by saying, I'm a nutritionist and a Christian. And that's when I said, I would leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go, that's a no for me, dog. Like those two things, those things individually, I'm like, uh-oh, I'm going to have a problem. Combine them, I'm going to need some taco dip. Yep. And and some naughty movies, you know, like <laughs> I gotta go. And but she she gives her spiel. So y'all here to maybe lose some weight? Yeah. Well, I've come up with a method that'll help you lose weight and bring you closer to God at the same time. Even when we're not hungry, sometimes we want to eat, but that emptiness isn't your stomach; it's your heart. And your heart doesn't need food. It needs God. But then that night she's feeling 
like she kind of failed because she's like, there's not a lot of people that came like this isn't what I thought it was going to be like a bigger deal. And her husband is like, you know, who else started small? Jesus. Now, I said, David, you're very supportive, but you might not want to you might not want to compare to Jesus. All right, because this might be the beginning of when you created a monster. I'll tell you that right now. And again, because I had seen the documentary, I knew David was not her forever boo. I'll tell you that right, right. now. Right. So I knew right. David was along with his world. But I said, damn, David really did step up for her. David really told her she was like Jesus and she should keep at it. And I was like, this is a beautiful man. And he's mm-hmm. and she's like up until two in the morning writing her diet book, which we know will become the way down. All right. And at first, she can't find anyone to publish her book. The Christian publishers are turning her down. Which is a bad sign. If the Christian <laughs> publishers don't want your book, dead in the water. Okay? We got to We Because, like, what is, what level of book are they <laughs> accepting? Well, this is why I was like, maybe it's too good. Because her book was, because she's, like, writing, and he's like, why are you writing, too? like, she's, like, at, you know, page 200. And he's like, that's too much for a diet book. And I bet the Christian publishers were like, we need more pictures. Okay, they oh, were Jesus. like, this book, yeah, this book, this book is too dense. Yes, that's not what we sell here. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know who was snatched? The Virgin Mary. <laughs> she lost that baby weight. <laughs> she snapped back in Bethlehem. <laughs> also, did you say Bethlehem? Because I like that, and that should be the title of the book. Bethlehem. Put down yeah, the Bethlehem. Bethlehem. <laughs> Put it down. I would read that. Oh, we're having a time today. We are. We're goofing. But of course, you know, Gwen, she's like, well, then maybe I should just go to a big publisher. And now here's a little snippet of Gwen leading a workshop to give you a sense of what she's about. All right. This is the sense. Listen to this. God does not favor me over you. Let me tell you something. There is not one person in this room who cannot tackle this demon. And this demon isn't food, it's sin. When we overindulge ourselves, we are falling short of the glory of God. And that is what sin is. And we can only overcome sin with God's help. Because with God on our side, we cannot lose. Well, we can lose. Wait, that is. (laughs) But y'all know what I mean. Cool. And people are eating this up. Like, we have now moved from the garage into, like, a hotel conference room. And that has the come up of the century. (laughs) And people are there. The the chairs are filled. Like, and so much so that people are coming up to her afterwards and being like, you are an inspiration, including this particular couple. The Martins, I think, are their last name. They're the Martins. Yeah. They say they've traveled far to come to this. And Gwen is like, well, you know, I'm opening up franchises like a subway all (laughs) over. And so why don't you lead one of these at your church? She just met these people. That's what I said. I said, you don't even know if this Jennifer Martin is good at public speaking. You can't go having people start things in your name without doing a background check. I felt like, don't tell her to start stuff because we don't even know what she about. But I think Gwen is like, you can do it because Jennifer's thin. Mm. Like, she's very thin. So I think she's like, okay, A plus, you'll do. <laughs> and so then after that, and this is, again, this interesting part of it. And this is where, again, you know, I Lifetime to me is painting a, a softer picture because we then see Gwen and David talking. And Gwen is thinking about, like, what's fair to charge people? Because up until now, she's been doing it for free. And 
you know, she's like, well, what about these are the operating costs? What about this number? And then David just like puts a one in front of that number, you know, basically being like charge more. You're providing people with a valuable service. And again, we're sick. It's like, David, you are a supportive partner, but this is going to come back to bite you an ass. And it also implies that she wasn't money grubbing and selfish initially. I don't think she was. I don't think she was. I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, when someone gets into politics for like a, a moral reason and then they get to D.C. and they become absolutely corrupt. And it's like, well, we've lost sight of why you got there. But you 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 got bit by the, the greed power bug. Maybe. To me, it just feels like I'm not quite I just don't buy it. That's me personally. My feeling that like because only, be, you know, again, because it's like there's just I don't know. I don't know. I don't have my thesis statement I, it, fully it, supported. But there's something where I go, because it's like people who want power are always the last people who should have it. Most of us in this life do not say, you know, I'm going to teach everybody how to be skinny through praying. And if you are fat, it's because you're a sinner. You are already a little like, you know. No, for sure. For sure. But I, I think also, too, I'm just like, well, her hair is a normal size. So, like, she must have been normal then. And she's in her regular yeah. house. And she got her regular ass yeah. husband. And so it's just like, oh, yeah, she seems normal yeah. then. Cut to 1997. Ugh, I love being in the 90s. <laughs> and so Gwen has published her book with a big publisher, Doubleday. And it is like a sensation. Yeah. And so she is about to do a speech. They had to move where she was doing like the book signing meet and greet to this auditorium because there was so much demand. But as you said, the auditorium is not that full. That was the problem I had. I was like, honey, you got like, you can't say we had to move it because and then the auditorium is not even half full. I was like, you could have just picked a Barnes and Noble. Like, I just felt like you got to fill it up. Poor, we need more extras. Exactly. We need more extras. Yeah. But they're showing us like- The growth. She's been yeah. able to do it. Mm-hmm. Next time we see her, it's 1999. It's a workshop filled with people. And she is already like, You've seen the switch. She's yelling at a makeup artist. And that is, we know out in Hollywood, if you are mean to hair and makeup people, you're the lowest of the low. Because they're they're who make you look good. Like, if there's anyone you're going to fake it with, fake it with hair and makeup. Thank you. There's no one I'm nicer to. There's no one I'm nicer to. Okay? And as you can see from my Netflix special, I have been destroyed by a makeup artist. And yet I was kind to that person's face. Because I said, I have the best shot at getting what I need if I don't yell at this person. Okay? Also, please note, in 1999, Gwen's hair is still a normal height. All right? So the book is is out there. The book is a success, but she hasn't yet, you know, in a way, I feel like the teasing of the hair is almost the teasing of her brain from reality. Right. She wants more. She wants more. She wants more. And so the 1999 workshop, you know, she kind of talks about, she's like, we have people here from 30, 30 states and six different countries. So again, she's growing, she's growing. And then people are like on stage behind her holding up, you know, larger clothing they used to wear before the way down. Classic. And what is interesting to me is that whenever someone says something nice to Gwen, she goes, oh, bless your heart. Yeah. Which we all know is Southern for f*** off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. Southern for I don't like you. Mm-hmm. So again, maybe it wasn't, that's not what she meant in 1999, but it's just an interesting thing that she says. Whenever someone's like, Gwen, I love you, or thank you so much, she goes, bless your heart. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, she doesn't care about people. No. And you also, she's got that, like, sliminess of a 
TV evangelist already mm-hmm. on her of like, and that like work in the state, got her mm-hmm. microphone so much <laughs> so that the people start chanting her name and she's yeah. into it. But her husband, who's still her, her husband at the time, David, is watching like, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably how CJ and Andy feel when we have like a really good set. He's like, oh, they're going to be a nightmare to deal with this week. <laughs> but then after this, you know, and at first, you know, he's like, I don't like this. But she's like, she's like, it's not about me. And, but, you know, but then we start to see a turn when Gwen does start to think she knows better. And even Emily, her ride or die, is concerned. Listen to Gwen say what she thinks is wrong with the church. It's no wonder that some of our people are gaining their way back. They hear our message on Wednesday night. They come here and hear this message on Sunday. Well, they figure, why not? Just keep refilling at the Sunday buffet. Because Jesus paid for it. <laughs> oh, Gwen, I mean, come on. You're, I mean, you're not saying that people should be rejecting Jesus. No, of course not. Just sometimes maybe they need to go over his head. You know? Oh, I just can't have these preachers messing up my program. <sighs> okay, I... I can't have these preachers messing up my program. Yeah. Girl, girl, and and y'all, you gotta watch it because the look on Emily's face is like, mm, I don't know about this. Right. Like <laughs> at first, when she's sitting there listening to him, I thought it was that she was like, "Oh, he's boring," like that he wasn't like a compelling <laughs> preacher. And then it was that your sins can be forgiven, and I'm like, that's sort of like number one tenant. Like it's weird to be like, I have to undo that. So Gwen. Praise to God. And she asks him to deliver the world. The word of God. Like, basically, she's like, you know, let me deliver your word. Yeah. Yes. And, like, I want to free free your message of human corruption. Like, are, are we getting the message mixed up? And then we see she walks into a way down workshop. And they're not expecting her. You know, like someone else mm-hmm. is leading it, but it's like... I think Emily's leading. Yes. Emily's leading. And then she walks in and she's like, oh, oh, guys, this is a treat. Okay, yes. And and Gwen makes an announcement that she is starting her own church. And she's mm-hmm. starting her own church because so much has been put on the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. And she's saying, we don't need the Son and the Holy Spirit. We just need God. And I'm talking right to God. So let's cut out mm-hmm. Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And it's like, I don't know, girl. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just, you're the first person. Like, it, 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 all of it's made up. So I guess you can make up whatever you want. But I was surprised, though. You know, this for me, too, is also the moment, though, in this, this is where, you know, the movie for me, I got frustrated because, as I said, first we're like 91, 97, 99. Then we lose sight of the timeline. And so basically everything else is just like, over the next 21 years. And so it's like not quite clear where we're at in this because she comes in and she's like, you know, basically God is above Jesus. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Like, I didn't think that that was such a wild thing to say. Right. But then you see people looking at her like, huh? And then Emily's like, what? And then she's like, the remnant fellowship. We're going to take the remnants. And I was like, first of all, a remnant is not a good thing. It's like a leftover piece. Right. So if you're telling me your whole church is about a remnant, I'm like, I was like, get me out of this recycling bin. We already had that on HBO. So, I mean, then we cut to what I think of the, again, they're never specified the way down offices. 
Mm-hmm. There's a generic office space that they never quite label, but it's basically, I'm assuming, where the way down, like the workshop, the publishing is all sort of based. Mm-hmm. And you see them getting nasty calls and letters because basically people are mad at Gwen for saying that the Holy Trinity is not all Important. that. Like, she's basically saying, we don't need Jesus, I'm Jesus. Like, I, like... God doesn't need to talk to Jesus to talk to us. I'm talking directly to God. So see ya, Jesus. And it's like, people love Jesus, though. And he died (laughs) for the sins. And he was the son of God. So, But it's like, don't you think God's going to be mad that you're cutting out his son? He seems like pretty ride or die for his son. Ultimate (laughs) Nepo, baby. (laughs) But Emily, for some reason, is still on board. And she's like, I'm not worried if Gwen's not worried. And I said, Emily, baby girl... You are not in a healthy relationship with this woman. And Gwen just like walks in and is like, hey guys. And everyone's like, we have been getting calls and harassment for days. And you just walk in here happy as a clam. And then you see now the cracks start to form. Her and Gwen and Dave and her husband start to argue. And this is where, again, this is when we crystallize the Gwen that we have all come to recognize. Listen to this. I'm interpreting scripture. Well, my interpretation is that the Trinity is real. And if it matters, I'm the one with the masters in divinity. I'm the one with the audience. Sorry if that stings your ego, but it's true. Did you happen to notice the very big chunk of people you just drove away? And have you noticed how many stayed? I'm in the business of trimming the fat, honey. So is that your plan? Purging the organization of everyone but your true believers? I put myself in God's hands from the very beginning, and I've seen miraculous results. I've got to believe I'm doing something right. What are you doing anyway? You've been in there an hour. I'm doing my hair. One follicle at a time? Har har. Well, no one's going to miss you in the crowd. The higher the hair, the closer to God. Okay. As you can tell by the ominous music, this is the moment where Gwen debuts her teased hair. Yes. All right. And and we're at minute 30. And if we had to wait too long. You know, like, we got it in the beginning, but I was like, give me that hair. Give me that hair. I mean, the whole reason I watched the documentary, because I was like, I got to find out who this hair lady is. Well, this is my, let me me tell you this, though. This is where I felt like lifetime for me dropped the ball. Okay, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. This whole scene takes place where Gwen is in the bathroom and he's talking to her on the other side of the door. Lifetime, put me in that bathroom. I need to see how the hair is created. Right. Show me the tools. Show me the spray. Show me the teasing. Uh Uh-huh. That's what a motion picture's supposed to give me. It's supposed to give me, that's the inside look I want. What I want to know is how that hair comes to be. I need to know what we're doing. Is it pieces? Is it spray? Is it a comb? I need to know how it came to be. And Lifetime didn't tell me. They didn't tell me, Megan. Yeah. Take us. I would like to, I would like to be getting out of the shower with her. I'd like to see it wet. Like I want to see the blow dry. <laughs> I want yep. to see everything. Yep. But now we see the hair. We know she's evil. Okay. So Emily and Gwen, they have a chat. The publishers have canceled her next book. Gwen does not seem worried. Emily points out that everyone else is very worried. Because <laughs> they may not have jobs. <laughs> yeah. Gwen's like, that's fine. And then to like distract her shows her the design plans for the new church. And it's and it's very pretty and they're very excited. So they do the unveiling of, of what these designs are going to be for the office at large. And there is a Black family there. And I was oh, surprised. Yeah. And in the documentary, we do see 
people of all races and backgrounds. Few and far between, though, right? This is, and this is the thing that to me is so, you know, a very, it's a different story, but a very interesting story in this because, like, initially, the way down both this movie and the truth, like, you're just seeing white people. You see in just some real basic white folks just loving everything Gwen is saying. A lot of white women in sweater vests who are like, I've prayed away six pounds. And, you know, and this is something that's very interesting to me, too, right? Like, to me, the word of God is not going to come through a white woman looking like Gwen Shamblin. I'm going to tell you that right now, okay? That is not how I'm going to buy the story. And yet we see this black family who's like, we've just joined you and we'll follow you to the ends of the earth. And I said, you know what, honey? They got bigger problems. Yeah. They got bigger problems when they look at Gwen and say, yes, she is the truth and the light. White people definitely are more susceptible to being tricked. (laughs) And I think some of that is like, we're like, no one would do something bad to us. Like, we're, it's almost like, no, everything works out. I'll, I'll also say this. This is my other my other theory, too, about this. I think because there's a lack of a, for many white people in America specifically, uh, a lack of identity. It's like, what is my culture? What is white culture? What does it mean? And I think a lot of white people want to belong to something bigger. Like, it's kind of like, how do I feel like I'm part of something and says, like, this is who I am? And I think a big part of that is like, why don't we just go in a desert with this guy? So there's a cake. She pretends to eat it. The other ladies also are like, "Should we?" it's like, why would you bring a cake? Well, exactly. Didn't it feel like so awkward? A cake for everybody. And then it also felt like, because you cut to the other women looking at her and she like takes one bite and acts like it's the most delicious thing she's ever had. But then it also felt to me like it was a trick. Do you know what I mean? Like, it almost felt like a test. But let's bring a cake into the office and see what other people do. And I was very stressed out. I was like, why would you bring a cake in here and then tell no one to eat? Sick sick. It's like that psychological warfare we hear like Ellen used to do. Okay. (laughs) So we cut to them moving into a really gorgeous house and it is giant. And so she's rich now. David is still with her because he's like overseeing the move. And I was surprised. I didn't know he made it to the... Me too. Me too. I didn't think he... But this again, this is where I'm like, I wish they had given me more of the timeline. I'm like, are we talking 2005? Uh-huh. Are we talking 2010? We don't know. Right. But he's still there. David's still there. So Gwen is in her office with two, like, right-hand men that are giving off sort of, like, Russian mob energy. Like, they're not chill. They're, like, She's like, they're flanking her. It's intimidating. But like budget goons, like it's kind of almost like a Coen Brothers movie, like two real country dudes where I'm yeah. like, are you strong or are you dumb? Well, probably both. <laughs> and so they call in Carmen, who is a black woman and an employee. And they're like, and and they're like, Carmen, love you. You've been here forever. You need to join Remnant Fellowship or you no longer have a job. And Carmen is like, no, I'm not joining. I've been a part of my other church for my whole life. I'm staying there. And then she's fired. And I'm like, is that legal? Um, it should not be. I mean, I know churches operate outside of the law. They're not having to pay taxes. Who knows where David Miscavige is? You know, there's a lot of shady business going on. But that seems like she could be like, I was unjustly fired. But you know, like so many rich people, Gwen's got lawyers on retainer. You know what I mean? And Carmen's just a regular old gal. It's hard to fight that kind of thing. That's true. And yeah, and that's probably why they did not tell her to bring her hair down because they're members of this weird church. Now we're (laughs) at the weird church and now we're getting full Righteous Gemstones energy. Like she is on stage. She is pacing. She is giving it. They're calling her the prophetess. I love that you called it. Real con girl boss energy. Thank you. Real girl boss. Yes. And it's too much. It's too much. (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. The, the hair has gotten even higher. Now, Naomi, if you were leading a church of followers, what would your look be? Okay, my look would definitely be flowing robes. Yes. Okay, loose, airy. Gotta be able to let my belly out. There's no spanks in my church. I'll tell you that right now. And so it would just be like that kind of, you know, ethno-ambiguo, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, is it African vaguely? It's just mm-hmm. like a loose print. Yeah. That's what I'd wear. What about you? I think I'm doing a tunic. I think I'm yeah. probably doing yeah. like a high-waisted linen pant with then mm-hmm. maybe if I've got the waist, I want people to see the waist. Listen, I'm eating whatever I want, but sometimes the waist is cinched. So <laughs> sometimes maybe I'm tucked into the pant, but uh, I do think a flowy tunic. I feel like flowers would be fun. Not mm. in my hair, but just like maybe I'm walking on flowers, like flower petals thrown. Wait, you mean like on the stage? Just yeah. like petals? Are you barefoot? Are you I, barefoot? I think I am barefoot. I think I am barefoot. Okay, there's pageantry to this. There is pageantry to well, this. And I have really <laughs> bad heat. So I have gorgeous feet, but I have, I have like my heels are dry. And so mm. I would need constant, that would sort of be like, if you were going to prove your love to me, I would need you to like scrub my heels to make them like smooth like a Soft. baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Megan, you've thought about this. I haven't. And I need just... you guys to know Megan did ask, she goes, she goes, what what would your look be? But it really felt like she was asking that question because she had an answer. No, okay. Megan knew she was giving us bare feet on flower petals, and then you need to pumice stone her heels. You need <laughs> to pumice also... stone her. That TV uh, church lady who has the pink hair, I think, like, I would maybe be experimenting with color, too, for my hair. What TV church lady with pink hair? Oh, let me pull her up. She is a wackadoo. You'll know her when you see her. (laughs) Okay, her name is Jan Crouch. I don't know Jan Crouch. Let me get her Wikipedia. Gonna put this in the chat for you. I I hope the listeners at home are having some fun with this. Someone did her, like, she's so iconic. Someone did her on RuPaul's uh, Drag Race for Snatch Game. Whoa! Okay, you guys, you (laughs) gotta look up Jan Crouch. (laughs) This is a lot. I was not expecting that. Yeah, it's a lot. Wow, I was shocked. Okay, whew. So, but I like the pink. It looks like kind of cotton candy. And (laughs) yeah, no no one has embraced the colored hair movement white, like elderly white women. Cause they're mm-hmm, like, well, my hair's mm-hmm. white or gray. I guess I'll just throw some blue in there and head on down to Trader Joe's and be weird. <laughs> okay, here we are. Oh God, well cut, uh, speaking of being weird, Gwen. Now, Gwen basically, again, she's the prophetess. She's feeling herself. We are in a town called Brentwood that Gwen is basically going to make her little self-sustained community. And we know this because she tells Emily and her man, Gary, basically Emily's boyfriend, Gary, she's like, y'all need to get a house here. And Emily's like, we're not even married. And and then Gwen's like, get married. And I just thought, oh, Lord. Yeah. And they wait to like a they wait to a couple across the street. Like it did, it is. And I think that, actually is like pretty common like oh yeah we live in a neighborhood a bunch of people from our church live in the neighborhood Uh yeah 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 gated community vibes of course yeah then we cut to gwen officiating a group wedding four couples it's four couples i'm out i was already out but now i'm really out (laughs) 
I hit myself in the face. Did you see that? I, you were that mad. You yeah. were that mad. Yeah. But it was like, Gwen, again, she's a prophetess. I guess she's an officiate. And she, I was like, I want all those weddings to be like null and void. Because <laughs> it's like, she's not anyone. But her husband, David, is watching her do this. And he's disapproving. He's of like course. standing in the back. And David's like, oh, Lord. And he's a man. And I'm saying, what bride is allowing this? Like a the whole, wedding. the whole like quintessential thing is like, it's your day. And it's like, well, I guess it's also these other three bitches days too. <laughs> like, is it a buffet? Like who is choosing the meal? Who is deciding like, what is the DJ playing? Are we having to coordinate our dresses? Like, no, I'm sorry. I draw the line at sharing a wedding. Yeah, absolutely. Uh. Absolutely. Okay. So then we cut to Emily. Like we are, we have just had the wedding. Emily and Gary get married at the wedding. Next scene, Emily is with Gwen, and she's like, well, Gary's cheating on me. And I'm like, that is, <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> like, that's too fast. This is why you can't force people into bass weddings, okay? Oh, this is why gosh. if Gary would have married her if he wanted to, you made him marry her, and then he cheated on it, Okay. I think religious people are the biggest sexual freaks, too. Like, it's just like a, an atheist man, he'd wait two weeks at least. But <laughs> not Gary. Gary's got to get it in the next day, apparently. And so Emily's like, I I, I don't know what I want, but, like, I may want a divorce. She was, well, she's like, she's like, I can't imagine sharing a bed with this man. Yes. Like, she was just like, I don't. Again, obviously, they're, she's religious, but she's also like, I cannot stand him. And I'm like, right. fair. Of course. Fair. And Gwen is like, you can't get a divorce. And in addition, you also need to sort of look in the mirror and see what part you contributed in this. And that mirror is going to be telling you that you've put on some weight and that could have made him stray. Can you imagine? This is what I mean about the trigger. Can you imagine? Literally, Emily is sobbing. Her husband has betrayed her trust. And Gwen looks her in the face and says, you've put on some weight lately. Let's be honest. Naomi, what? I think this is, I think not common, but I think this happens oh, it, it, oh, way more real. Than Oh, we. definitely. Like, it's oh, like, definitely. well, what'd you do? Exactly. Well, I think especially again, when you, especially in a conservative traditional view of marriage, wherein a woman is supposed to serve a man, if he strays, somehow it's her fault for not serving enough. Yeah. And it's just like, are you out of your mind? This poor Emily, this Melanie Linsky double. And I was like, and... Then, after that, we see a dude named Josh, who's, again, one of Gwen's Goons. lieutenants. That's what I'm calling all these people. Goon, lieutenant. And he's waiting inside Gary and Emily's house. So mm -hmm. Emily's not there. Gary walks in. Josh is just sitting in an armchair. And he's very menacing. And he's basically like, your infidelity is the church's business. You need to reconcile with your wife. You know, Gary's like, I don't even want to tell y'all nothing about nothing. Like, you could just tell he was like, look, I was dating this girl, Emily, and everything was cool till she went on remnant on me and I had to get involved. Ugh. Yeah, and I'm like, can't you just do it like Catholics do where you just keep everything a secret? Okay, like, <laughs> it's not the church's business. <laughs> do, do all your bad stuff and just keep it in your damn house. Okay, there we oh, go. My God. That's how the Catholics do it. But honey, not Gwen. Gwen's in everybody's business. No. Gwen said, I am controlling this whole world. So much so, we're now back to Gwen preaching, and she's talking about disciplining children and how they must not spare the rod, which is basically hit Ugh. your kids. Yeah. And then she's like, "This, you, I have it. I have proof that this works." And she brings out her two adult children. 
who are giving very haunted faces and they seem like their souls have been sucked recently by a dementor. So they float out on stage and, and, and they're like, yep, we deserved it. Like we were bad. And then they wrap up this fun family feud energy with Michael, her son, singing a song he wrote about abusing your children. And it's called what? Honor Thy Father and Mother. Honor thy father, young one. Make your mom proud. He, and then Gwen and Elizabeth, the daughter Elizabeth, they just like stand two feet away, still on stage, and just watch him as yeah. he sings. And I just thought it was very cringy. If I was in the church, I'd be like, oh, brother. I was like, they are feeling it. Gwen is like, I used to hit you. Like she is, <laughs> she is feeling She's it. Like, like this she, is gorgeous. Like she is seeing Celine in Vegas. She's jamming. Well, honey, it only gets worse because then we cut to Michael and Elizabeth standing with their silent spouses as they record a promo for the church. And I'm dying to know where these church commercials play. And Michael is like, he's like checked out. He doesn't want to do it. Gwen is, you know, right behind the camera giving stage mom energy. And Michael's like, I want to focus on my music instead. And it's like, honey, based on the song we just heard, I don't know if that's what you need to be doing. You might want to go get an associate's degree. I can't. This family is delusional because it's like the mom thinks she's God. So of course Michael thinks he's Josh Groban. (laughs) I couldn't think of a a different musical reference. No, no, I think that was perfect. I think that's exactly who Michael's listening to. And is like, this is who I'll become. And then this is the moment where husband David says, I'm out. David says, I'm out. Shocked he's still there. Me too. These children are grown, they're married, and he literally is just like, why are you doing all this promotion? What's with all the money grubbing? It's too much for him. And he's like, I'm done. And then she says, that's for the best because he is, quote, 30 pounds off message. Savage. Wow. She said, you too fat for this. It's called the way down, not the way up. I honestly wondered about that. Like, because it was like, David is a regular man. He's not, you know, he's, but he's not, we don't ever see her until this point, like reprimanding him. And we see her doing that with everyone. So it's like, right. I mean, she's a hypocrite. The number one thing you need to be a con artist is to be a hypocrite. Absolutely. But there's also too the gendered aspect of it, right? Like the same thing where it's like, it's a woman's job to be thin Mm. and beautiful because that's how you keep the husband and the home. You need discipline and you got to discipline the kids, but you also have to discipline yourself because you're inherently evil. It's like, okay, well, how convenient. Okay. But I'll tell you this. She says, I'm off. I'm off my chubby. X. Yeah. And then who's she into? The church handyman, Joe Lara. <laughs> the best way to get over someone is to get under someone new. And she said, you got, you got a hammer and I'm ready. And she's just <laughs> like, she thinks this guy is like, he hung the moon. And honestly, this actor, because Joe Lara in real life was an actor. Yes. Uh, washed up act. Do you know what I mean? Like real, like he ain't doing it. He ain't doing it. More successful than me. And this, this guy who's playing him, I'm like, that could be him. Like it's right, so right. like Joe Lara. I'm like, was he in a Lifetime movie? Was he right. doing made for TV? I think he played Tarzan in something. 
Yeah, he was in the TV movie Tarzan in Manhattan. Right. And and the follow-up TV series Tarzan the Epic Adventures. All right. Iconic. Obviously a Golden Globe winner. And Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. she sees this tall drink of hunk and and she slurps him up with her little crucifix straw. Oh, my God. But here's the thing that's so funny, you know, because she and David break up. But the first thing I said, I thought divorce was forbidden, Gwen. You looked right in Emily's face and said, you can't divorce your husband. Mm -hmm. You got to stay with this man cheating on you. Meanwhile, she leaves David because he said, could you not be buddy grubbing? And she said, could you not be chubby? And she left his ass, Mm -hmm. gets to the handyman. And not just gets with him, but it was so funny because basically Joe was in her house, you know, probably like, quote, unquote, fixing something. And he shows her pictures of himself as Tarzan wearing nothing but a thong and he's like you could have tried Hollywood and nothing makes me laugh harder because of that crazy ass hair and Mm -hmm. then he goes how many bedrooms do you have I said I mean the thinnest request for sex I've ever heard how many bedrooms do you have and good for him he's working her over (laughs) Then we see Gwen, she's in the house. Hair is even bigger. We're getting bigger and I'm getting more excited. Emily shows up and she's like, "Um, I heard you're getting a divorce. And remember, (laughs) she told Emily she could not get a divorce. So Emily tries to call out her hypocrisy. And Gwen is like, well, the thing is, I prayed to God and God told me to get a divorce. And it's like, of course, of course he did. And then Jolera walks in and he is fresh from the shower nude with nothing but a towel on and emily is like i think we've lost our way <laughs> she le- she was literally like wasn't this a weight loss program <laughs> i said honey emily that ship has sailed sister girl and this is just the beginning of the end so i think we need to take a break right here hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Okay, we're back, okay? Gwen said God told her she could have a divorce and she could have sex with Joe Lara. Yeah. So that's what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Also, Joe Lara, you know, again, in a world of delusion, Joe fits right in because he believes he should be a country music star. Yes. Joe Lara is playing the guitar. We see him play the guitar very badly. And Gwen is like, oh, that was so good. I got yeah. chills. And then Michael <laughs> and then Michael comes up, you know, who's the real musical talent in the family. And he, is, like, Joe tries to, like, give him advice. And he's so rude to him. And I loved it. And Gwen obviously hates it. And, and I think Michael is like, you left our dad and now you're with this, like, total gold digger who's also right. an idiot. And I yeah. do kind of admire 
that Gwen has like flipped the patriarchal switch on the midlife crisis. <laughs> like she's uh-huh. like, my hair is big. My house is big. And now I got this Tarzan knockoff. <laughs> but then we see this moment where Joe and Gwen are both wearing black tie fabulous walking on the veranda. I would call it a veranda, right? Because their home has that plantation. Yeah, like a wrap around a large porch. southern home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Joe proposes to Gwen. And I, her hair just made, like, again, it's like this moment where she just looks so silly. I know. And then I burst out laughing. And at first I felt guilty because I was like, oh, no, this is supposed to be romantic. But then we widen to reveal that this proposal is being filmed. And (laughs) when a camera person coughs, Gwen is like, redo it. Take it from the top. (laughs) Exactly. So I was like, oh, okay. So this is all fake anyway. Is there something nice that these two con artists found each other, though? I mean, in a way. In a way, it's kind of like you reap what you sow. She's conning people and he's conning her. And because it's like this man... I don't know how anyone could see this hair. There's also an element of self-tanner that I think was left out of the movie. Like, yes. <laughs> if she ends up having orange face. Element of self-tanner. That, that is like, I think she's being self-tanned every day. And we don't yeah. see all of that. And, and she's just like, yep, Joe loves me. He sees this and goes, uh, yeah. huh, give me more. Okay. Well, it makes sense, though, because there's another lady at the church who's friends with Emily. Her name is Adrian, and she's like, you know, Joe has a pattern of hooking up with wealthy women so he doesn't have to work. Good and I'm him. like, yeah, checks out. <laughs> checks out. You yes. ain't saying nothing new, sis. And Adrian's kind of like the sassy voice of reason. Like, it's like, yeah. I don't know how she got in this church to begin with because she's cynical about everything and is correct, though. So. Right. We then see when she's surrounded by her bridesmaids, one of the bridesmaids, like her dress isn't fitting and Gwen kicks her out of the wedding because she's too big. And the woman is, I mean, there's, there's no size that you should ever be kicked out of a wedding, but the woman is tiny. Well, also she doesn't just kick her out of the wedding because it's three days before the wedding. She's like, you can't lose the weight. She kicks her out of the church too. She's literally like, if you can't keep the weight off, you can't be in the church. It was like, damn, Gwen. She's dropping the hammer, okay? For Gwen, it is about perfection, all right? And speaking of perfection, we do get to see Joe and Gwen's wedding. And I got to tell you, you know, she's kind of backlit, and we're seeing her in shadow. And I was like, give me the dress, give me the dress, give me the dress. And this is, again, where I, I struggle. I go, so it turns out, IRL, they were married in 2018. This dress looks like it's from 1987. I wanted it to be tackier. And as it wasn't tacky as much as it was dated. Didn't you think the dress was from 1987? Yeah, she has really bad taste. Also, why did she get to have her wedding just be her? She, there's no joint wedding. You don't think there's anyone else in this <laughs> church engaged? Nope, just her and Joe. It's, you know, it's the wedding of the century. And then we, <laughs> then we see their wedding night. And she is why in some, like, really sexy lingerie and then he takes off his clothes and he is in a tarzan themed leopard speedo why is that happening why is that happening i think it's to show like more of the hypocrisy of like they probably have <laughs> freaks. they're probably having threesomes which is like totally fine and chill but they preach this thing of like we are pure and it's like where's david <laughs> oh boy. So the very next morning, Gwen gets a call from her daughter, Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is sobbing uncontrollably. Her five month old baby died. And it's, it, oh she says God. died in its sleep. So it makes it sound like it's the a SIDS, SIDS which yeah. there's, there's nothing more 
heartbreaking, oh God, heinous, terrible, so upsetting in the world. And this is how Gwen, the, the grandmother of this yeah. five-month-old baby who died, handles it. And you can cry your eyes out here at home with me, but you cannot show these kinds of emotions in public. It just hits me in a wave. I can't control it. Oh, but you have to. We can't let anybody think that this was a punishment from God because it might harm the church. The church? If people think that God is trying to punish us, they might think we've been doing something wrong. And why is God punishing me? He hasn't told me. I've prayed to him. It has been a few months since you gave birth. You haven't lost the baby weight. What the hell? I, okay. Uh, I, I how mean, do you not care about the baby? How are you so divorced from reality? And then literally, you guys, she, she then like puts lipstick on her daughter. She like holds her crying face and forces lipstick on it. Is like you need to look pretty. It's so bizarre. Also, if I was a if I was a member of a church and, and someone had a tragedy like this and they were not upset, I think that was weird. Like it's like it's okay to grieve. Grieving is uh, is a yeah. natural process. If perfection means God is smiling on you, anything mm -hmm. that happens that isn't perfect now means it's your fault. So how do you account for life? Yeah, God did this to you, so you must have done something bad to deserve it. This is yeah. this is why this is why your theory doesn't check out, Gwen. All right. Okay. So Joe and Gwen, they're shopping for a private plane. She's gonna <laughs> buy it for him. He's like private plane certified, but not on this size plane. I thought he like had to learn to fly, period. I think he's like taking a class. And even okay. the even the guy who's selling it is like, no, that's not up to code. Like you need a <laughs> lot more hours. You don't know how to do this. And Gwen's like, he'll figure it out. And it's like, no one is hot enough or good at, enough at sex for you to believe they can fly a plane when they cannot fly a plane. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That, that's one of those things where it's like, you got to draw the line. Like, it's like, yeah. you can pretend someone is like good at basketball or like that they made a good chicken parm. Flying a plane, this is not up for debate. <laughs> okay, so they're very unhinged and it even gets worse because then we see Gwen and Joe pitch a TV show about themselves yeah. to some sort of executive. I don't know who he is, but it's like... Joe is like, wants the show to be about him and his music. Uh -huh. And Gwen is like, it could be about me and my church. It's like, yes. no one's interested. I, I'm so, I, I get their delusion with this. It's like, I'm sure they were seeing Grizzly Knows Best. And they go, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta get a piece of this pie. <laughs> but then, but then they decide, like, well, we're rich. Why don't we just make our own TV show? And we all know she's got the camera crew. So then she's like, okay, fine, let's do it. And then... We see their, vi they post their video online. So their TV show is just a YouTube show. And it's been up for three weeks and only has 178 views. And Gwen is livid. Aren't there thousands of people in the church? So you're That's what I said. You couldn't even get the church to watch it. You can't even get the church to watch? <laughs> no, now you're down bad. I understand why she's livid. And then basically, you know... The next thing we get is, remember, there was that Black family earlier where we were like, what are you doing here? The mother calls Gwen because their son is misbehaving. He's just a rambunctious boy. We don't get details, but that's just what it sounds like. He's just like an unruly kid, but it doesn't sound like he's done anything crazy. 
I am going to put a trigger warning before this. It's really, really tough stuff. There's some there's some child neglect coming up. Yeah, child abuse and neglect. And she basically talks about, we did what you said. We locked him in his room for the weekend with nothing but a Bible. We spanked him. It didn't work. And it's like, yeah, abuse doesn't work. And so we then cut to a detective, another useless detective, sitting across from Gwen with a recording of her of the phone call with the mother. Because for some reason, Gwen records all phone calls in and out of her office. Now, honey, when you're doing questionable stuff, you can't have a recording. They don't think they're wrong. Like, they're like, yeah, this will go to the Library of Congress. Like, it's like, you're committing (laughs) crimes. And so there's a recording of Gwen telling this mom to hit her son with hot glue sticks. And... And and Gwen is like, no, you've distorted that recording, and and you can you can piece it together and edit it to make it say whatever it wants, mm-hmm. but that's not what I said. And it's like, okay, exactly. Well, then we cut to the two parents are in jail, yep. and they're sitting in a room together. As you said, very strange that they would just be allowed to be loosey goosey in a interrogation room together. And Gwen is with them, and she is saying, I'm going to get you out. We're going to handle this. But you have to stop saying that the church told you to abuse your child, even though that's exactly what the church did. And the mother's like, but you did. (laughs) And they're like, but do you want to get out of prison or not? Well, keep in mind, these folks black. So what's the next thing we see? The parents are charged with 30 years to life in prison. And it's just like, so they're, they're child abusers. I'm not saying they shouldn't get prison time, but... I'm very frustrated that the only people in this entire saga to get prison time were the black folks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where I go, you telling me you got recordings of all these conversations and y'all couldn't come down on Gwen? Yeah, she's not an accomplice in this. Yeah. I was like, you got the recordings. You got the recordings. And there's clearly, like, if you were just blindly following someone and... And they're telling you to beat your child and you're willing to do it. There's a level of mental illness there, too. Well, absolutely. Well, absolutely. Something I'm like, they deserve their sentence. I'm just like, well, if you're getting if you're putting people away, let's keep it going. Yeah. Like, like, let's round them all up. So Gwen is like devastated by this. Not I don't think devastated that they're going to prison. Devastated that it reflects poorly on her and the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the church is mentioned in the thing. And she's like, oh, God. And so then Michael, her son, comes to her. And he's like, listen, my marriage sucks, too. I'm going to get a divorce. And she's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And I'm like, <laughs> it seems like the divorce rate in Remnant Fellowship is <laughs> astronomical. Like, they, these marriages don't seem to be working out. I wonder what that is. They're not and then she's like not worried about it and he's like um who are you i thought you were gonna freak out because that is the gwen we know and love yes she's just phoning it in at this point because then we see her preaching and she's like yeah i don't know beat your kid don't beat your kid eat your chicken chicken." (laughs) so we see emily she runs into joe and gwen on the street they've been shopping have you noticed you saw did you see all the bags like joe and gwen have all these shopping bags and then they run into emily and joe's like oh, i'm gonna go and he like takes all their shopping bags and he's she's like we're going to florida yeah <laughs> and i just thought of course you are and emily is no longer a member of the church mm-hmm. and she like pulls up a picture and gwen's like yeah those were the good old days and and i'm glad that emily left and and it yeah, and it seems too. like there were quite a number of people leaving. There was another woman. She left and was able to blackmail them into letting her keep her son. Like, people are getting hip to the fact of Gwen is not well. Right, right. 
Then we cut to, again, because they've mentioned this whole trip to Florida, we cut to Gwen, Joe, and other church members piling into Joe's airplane. And everyone's smiling. They're, like, loving their private plane life. You know what I mean? Like, they're feeling themselves. Then we see there's turbulence, and we intercut between the plane ride, where it's, like, you know, looking dicey, and Elizabeth, Gwen's daughter, addressing the church. And she's standing in front of them, and now Elizabeth is the leader. And on screen, the text says, you know, two minutes after the jet took off, air traffic control lost radio contact. The aircraft plunged into a lake and there were no survivors. This was in May of 2021. So again, this is very fresh. It really is. Like, there were people that were like, you do reap what you sow. Mm -hmm. You, You can only con in the name of the Lord so long before something catches up to you. And I think there's been people that have left the church or people that were outside of it critical that were like, well, was this karma? Right. Because all of the leaders are now are now dead and, and they can no longer hurt people. But it's also on just like a basic level. It's like, yeah, if you don't know how to fly a plane, you're going to crash the plane. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, it does show you, right, like what it is like. It is the hubris. It is the detachment from reality that ultimately killed them. Joe being like, I can fly. And it's like, but babe, you can't. You are not talking to the Lord. Like, right. he, because right. if you were, he would say, you don't know how to fly. And I know, like, we were supposed to be doing this really wonderful month of celebrating Black leads for Black History Month. And, and we did interrupt that programming to bring you a crazy white. But I think that's nice, too, to go and look. It further bolsters the strength of the Black lead. Thank you. Yeah, it it further highlights the strength of the Black lead. Absolutely. And next week, we are coming to you with the movie The Wrong Valentine. (gasps) The wrongs. We love the wrongs. We do love it, honey. Emily, a bright young student, doesn't have the easiest time making friends. Relatable. (laughs) And despite her birthday being Valentine's Day, she has yet to find a guy, let alone a Valentine of her own. As luck would have it, the new boy at school has his eye on her and could be the one. But Emily quickly finds out her funny Valentine has disturbing ulterior motives. This movie stars Mariah Robinson and the one, the only Vivica A. Fox. Okay, so we're coming back with our strong black leads and we are not playing. Now, you can watch this movie with your current Lifetime Movie Club subscription or go to Lifetime Movie Club slash podcast and get a free seven day trial. Honey, I see you get in there. You just line up all the movies you want to watch. And just treat yourself, okay? If anyone, I, I give this as a challenge to our listeners. If anyone would like to recreate the Gwen Shamlin hair, please send mm. it our way. I would I would absolutely love to see that. In, in the way that you see the pink fedoras out in the wild and send us, please, yeah. Gwen Shamlin. You see someone at the grocery store. You see him teased to high heaven. You see the pieces. I need to know about it. Or if you've got a night and you're and you're experimenting, we would love <laughs> We would love to know. We would love to know. Um, Thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited that next week we will be back with Indianapolis's finest, Vivica A. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. 
check out the new Bomb Lifetime podcast, Crime of a Lifetime, where two amazing hosts take you beyond the headlines of a crime and they get into the nitty gritty twists and turns of the story. Mm, That's my jam. And don't miss Crime of a Lifetime's newest episode, where they get into the real story behind Gwen Shamblin and the Remnant Fellowship. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. I Love a Lifetime movie is produced by Aisha Jordan. With sound editing and mixing by the Podglomerate. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now if you've gotten to this point. You should know that we're the host, okay? It feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. (laughs) When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.